1010 WOLB Baltimore and WERQ-FM HD3 Baltimore. The views and opinions of the guest and host you hear are not necessarily those of the staff and management of Radio 1, its sponsors or advertisers. Good morning, good morning, family. Good morning. In conversation with L.Y. And uh, it's a good, good, good morning. I I tell you, I was saying to my godmother just yesterday, this weather is pneumonia weather. You get good days, hot, and then the next day is cold. You don't know what kind of judgment day you're going to get. But uh, you press forward, you press forward. And, of course, uh, I think most of you know by now that uh, we are doing well with our multiple sites. You can catch us on YouTube and Spotify and April, excuse me, Apple uh, products and uh, Google Play and Amazon Podcasts and uh, I Hear Podcasts. And, of course, right here on WOLB 1010 AM. For sure, for sure. And uh, we are making progress for uh, our podcast, which we're going to try to do a minimum of uh, three times a week. And things are getting put together in place. And I'll be happy to share that with you as soon as all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. Uh, so much on the plate. So much on the plate that I wanted to share with you this morning. And, uh, of course, um, the uh, Marilyn Mosby, uh, I understand why, I was trying to get, see if we could have a conversation, but it's not the proper way to do it, so she's uh, 
going to uh, get with us, I'm sure, when she can. And uh, I want to thank her for pressing forward, holding her head high. And uh, I'm, the prayer circle is in place. And uh, we wish that things will go and, and fall in favor of her as she proceeds with the trial. Well, uh, I was waiting for Mark C. Eric, but uh, I guess he's shocked <laughs> that the Ravens must have pulled it out another yesterday. One. You, you see another, another one? one? Another one. <laughs> we got four in a row. Now, you didn't seem to be surprised in my morning conversation with you when I told you that it looked to me that uh, for the first time, people are really seeing Philadelphia. Kansas City, Baltimore. Yeah, we got the recipe. We, we 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 got the recipe this year. I mean, I already knew. That's why when you said I wasn't surprised because it's a, uh, it's a recipe. It's like a chemistry you need, and I think we got it all with Lamar maturing and everything, really coming into his zone as a quarterback, and really not just relying on his legs. And we got the wide receivers. The defense always been a defense, so you know we we stand on that. So I just think we got the recipe right now. And I'm, I was saying to you earlier on the way in that I think we're gonna have a lot of bandwagon. So if y'all ready, jump on, get on now because yeah, we we about to roll now. Let's go, let's go. Now, did, did somebody uh, have a birthday yesterday on the team? Yeah, Odell, you know, with the Odell, with, with the punk high strut, you know. He finally got in the end zone to finally celebrate. I know he had a good night. I'm, I'm quite sure he had a good night last night. You know what I mean? <laughs> Birthday, touchdown, he Raven was, win. You're talking about somebody who was happy. <laughs> like a my, child, like my, a child on my. Christmas. <laughs> he was happy, bless his heart. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm going to tell you somebody else who should be happy. What's his name? Uh, Keaton Mitchell? Oh yeah, he he showed off. Yeah, he look. Um, he gonna cut into somebody playing time. That's how I'm looking at it because a uh, hundred yards on nine carries, a touchdown. That's um, I'm I'm gonna find a way to get him out there. You know, that's how I look at it. And and real is real. And yeah, if he's if he's explosive like that, we need him on the field. You know what I mean? Ravens thirty-seven, Seahawks three. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Let's go. Let's go. Wow. We okay. Well, uh, they got a short week. I think coming up. Uh, pretty soon, I think. Oh, hold on. Let me ask you something. When is this game coming up? Because uh, I don't want to talk about too much, but let me make sure if, if we're going or we ain't. Or what's the plans on that? I sure hope it comes through. Ain't no <laughs> sure hope. I'm counting on it. What date is that so I can mark it on my calendar? Yeah, we're working on it as soon as I get it from him. All right. Let the me view know. aboard keeps busy. The civilian oversight panel has taken up nearly 400 cases of misconduct since June. Yeah, Baltimore's new five-member board tasked with examining police misconduct files has reviewed 395 cases since launching in June and expects that number to raise to as high as 413 by the end of this week. The panel of civilians is charged with reviewing the investigations and determinations by Baltimore Police Department's Internal Affairs Unit that follow civilian complaints. After reviewing body camera footage and reports and asking follow-up questions, the body can come to its own conclusions or agree with police. So there have been few discrepancies from the police agency's own disciplinary recommendations, according to Jasmine Riggins, a member of the Administrative Charging Committee, 
but a review has at times led to changes in the disposition of some cases. We take these cases seriously, Regan's said at a news conference on Thursday. We review everything with a fine-tooth comb. This is something that I know that we all are happy to do. On behalf of the citizens of Baltimore, in helping to advance policing and police accountability here in the city. The new committee is one part of a larger civilian oversight framework that Baltimore and jurisdictions across the state have implemented following the 19, excuse me, the 2021 Police Accountability Act. And so we're going to try our best to get Mr. Regans to come on board and be with us on our show here. And uh, I think we need to give them the time and, and, and patience as they go through this process. It looks like it's going to have some teeth. And we certainly want to make sure we do our part to, uh, to give them an opportunity and a vehicle to get the word out. Yeah, I, I like the idea of just the body cams because you know, you, you got to keep them accountable, too. And with that being said, if, if, if they're being watched, then, you know, the police will be on a fair scale. That's how I look at it. Because me, myself, I feel like I, uh, the police is, you know, not my best friend. But if they got a camera on, I feel better. That's how I look at it. The uh, people still talking, uh, partner, about the video that led to the assault arrest. And I'm talking about the Carver Vocational Tech High School shooting. The video footage from Carver, uh, to, uh, together, they the, the helped the police gather their narrative of the assault mm. and the shooting that took place as students were uh, entering uh, the building. The documents were so sh- did choose. The footage showed a team of a man and a woman approach a group of young people at a cross street corner near the school, according to the police. The three started assaulting an unidentified minor, police wrote, and the teen suspect assaulted the unidentified minor with a black semi-automatic handgun. That's crazy. After that assault, police wrote the teen approached two other young people on the sidewalk. He exchanged words with them, then pulled out the same firearm and started shooting. One of the two people on the sidewalk pulled out another handgun, and started shooting back. Both of the two young people on the sidewalk were shot, and police proved that even the teen suspect also appeared shot. He was hobbling on one leg and holding his left side. Okay, Corral, man, that's what I'm saying. It's the times we're living in, and it's, and it's sad, because this is at schools. This is parents coming to schools, and this is this is like, this way we at with it, so it's just like, what can we do and how can we get somebody to just be accountable to, to just stop the madness and stop the craziness in the city? Because there's no way that I ever would imagine that somebody would bring their parents up to the school to fight and shoot and all that. It's like, come on now. That's, it's, 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 it's getting carried away. Carried away. Man. Carried away. I uh, was notified the other day that uh, there's a new head of the Disability Rights Maryland. And uh, you best believe I'm going to my best to make acquaintance with this this lady. Mm-hmm. Her name is uh, Megan Marsh, and she's the new head of the Disability Rights Maryland. Uh, 
She's been a legal advocate, attorney, communications manager, deputy director, interim executive director over the past 30 years. And uh, for her entire career, uh, Megan Marsh has called one organization home, Disability Rights Maryland, a Baltimore-based nonprofit that advocates for the civil and legal rights of people with disabilities statewide. She started at the agency in 1993, has worn several hats as a legal advocate, attorney, communications manager, deputy director, interim executive director over the past 30 years. In September, the board selected her as executive director after a nationwide search. We interviewed a number of highly qualified candidates from around the country, but every time we had one of those interviews, when we came back to it, we knew that they were up against a standard that was very high because of all that Megan had done in the past. So, I don't know this young lady, but I'm looking forward to meeting her. I had made a commitment that I will be one of the finest, strongest possible advocates for the disability community. I'm now in my 18th month, and you best believe there's so much that needs to be done and should be done. And all I can say is I tell folks when we have a chance to talk, family, take care of your health. Listen and be mindful. Don't take nothing for granted. If you got good doctors, keep them. And uh, when people are sharing with you constructively, listen. And uh, But, yes, I'm, I'm going to be doing something very special. But I do want the disability community to know that uh, having gone through the 18 months that I have, that I do understand, and I'm, in many cases, on a daily basis, walking through some things that definitely need to be improved upon, and I intend to be a voice for those of us who have disability. And uh, I'll leave it at that, but Sister Megan Marsh, looking forward to having you here on our show real soon. And advocates, those of you who have disability, I'll certainly give you an advance so that maybe the, my questions, you have more. And so we're going to do a show on just that. And certainly when my podcast is up, I might even do a whole three days. There's so much that goes on, family, that with those of us who have disability and the consequences and all, it's, whew, believe you me, so to have a person of, of her background ready to come forth and put it all on the line and be a voice for those who are, who are disabled, I'm looking forward to working with you, good lady. Looking forward to it. Got word about the city that must fix its wastewater plants, and they're going to have to pay up to $4.7 million. Uh, Baltimore uh, has uh, that water scare a couple of weeks ago. Weeks ago, wasn't there something about water? Yeah. And uh, so the uh, more than two years after the discovery of severe pollution coming from its two wastewater treatment plants, Baltimore has agreed to pay a state fine of $4.7 million That's a fine. and meet a series of deadlines to make repairs, officials say. Nearly half of the civil penalty, which is among the largest for water pollution in state history, will fund environmental projects such as a focus on the Patapsico and Back Rivers, which received millions of gallons of polluted waste 
uh, polluted water from the plants. Under the court enforceable agreement called a consent decree, the city also must share more than information publicly about the plants and place warning signs at the plant's discharge. How about sharing some of that money? No, I don't want nothing like they have up there in Flint, Michigan. No, I don't Let them get our water, whatever. <laughs> if this but helps look. keep that water right, put I'm, it all in there. All I'm saying is for the fine, right? Y'all finding them. Who who gets the fine? How about the people that had to endure and drink that water and bathe and, and, and wash their clothes? And How about we get a little bit of it or something? You know what I mean? I'm just thinking right is right and wrong is wrong. I just want to know where the money going. That's all. President Biden uh, on the last week signed a sweeping executive order to guide the development of artificial intelligence, requiring industry to develop safety and secure standards, introducing new consumer protections, and giving federal agencies an extensive to-do list to to oversee the rapidly progressive technology. The order reflects the government's effort to shape now AI evolves in a way that can maximize its possibilities and contain its perils. AI has been a source of deep personal interest to Biden with its potential to affect the economy and the national security. In Biden's view, we're told, the government was late to address the risk of social media and now U.S. youth are grappling with related mental health issues. AI has the positive ability to accelerate cancer research, model the impacts of climate change, boost economic output, and improve government services, among other benefits. But it also could warp basic notions of truth with false images, deepen racial and social inequities, and provide a tool to scammers and criminals. The order builds on voluntary commitments already made by technology companies. It's part of a broader strategy that administration officials say also includes congressional legislation and international diplomacy. Using the Defense Production Act, the order will require leading AI developers to share safety tests, results, and other information with the government the National Institute of Standards and Technology is to create standards to ensure AI tools are safe and secure before public release. The Commerce Department is to issue guidance to label and watermark AI-generated content to help differentiate between authentic interactions and those generated by software. The order touches on matters of privacy, civil rights, consumer protection, scientific research, and workers' rights. Biden and I, I certainly share with you, uh, had a situation uh, happen the other day. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to simply tell you, uh, be mindful of how your phone is used. Mm -hmm. Uh, You might not have the genius to hear you. (laughs) (laughs) I've been fortunate to have uh, the assist, but... uh, uh, the uh, you, you get, I didn't know your phone could be hacked. Yeah, your phone can. They can do a lot of stuff on your phone now. Nowadays, 
If you don't have apps that you're not using, you might as well just delete them because uh, they can wind up sending you messages, people asking you for money through cash. It's just a lot of stuff. Like you said, with, well, with um, Smitty and um and Alex, you know, with the uh, senior stuff, yeah, you, you need to do a whole show about that because it's just like they take advantage of you, just like the whole situation with them double-charging accounts and all that. You know, I know you're dealing with that personally. So it's just like if you don't have nobody looking over your books and looking over your, your, your records, it could be they, they, can, they could be taking advantage of you right in front of your face because you trust in them and you just think that, you know, they're going by the book and everything is happening and they're not looking into you. They don't really care. If they can make extra money, they will do it. And a lot of times they prey on the old, the elderly, the young, you know what I mean, people that don't know better. I mean, people can literally... Uh, take your picture, mm-hmm. put the picture oh, yeah. into a presentation. Mm-hmm. Make a whole face, a Facebook with you, make a whole whatever. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff going on, man. That's but how what, do they get your phone? I mean. <laughs> look, your pictures is online. So just like you sharing your pictures online with Facebook, they can just take your pictures, snap them, and, and make another account. And then for, I'm finding out the draft comments. Mm-hmm. That are not, I mean, make a statement. It's not your statement, mm-hmm. but with your picture. Oh yeah, they can do all that, man. Look, you, the technology is it's it's a gift and a curse. That's all I'm saying. So you got to use it wisely and 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 know what you're doing and, and stick to the, the you know the the main stuff. I wouldn't go to any you know third party apps and all that type of stuff. You got to stick to the reputable apps and stuff that you can you know you know that they can back it up because yeah you can get you yeah your whole account all your money can be taken out your account it's a lot of stuff going on on the technology tip it's a lot of crimes going on it's being computed over overseas and, and and on a phone that you don't even see the person so yeah don't give your information out to be leery of that all the seniors out there be leery don't give your information out make sure you double check who's calling and if they're credible, if they call and asking for account numbers and and no, just don't give it to anybody. Just because they sound like they're supposed to get it, nope. Do your research. Oh, I um, of course we are uh, waiting to hear what uh, Mr. Trump is going to do today. He has to Trump, now Trump Trump. <laughs> he has to go in front of the court and explain what, how in the heck did he say he had a place. It only has ten thousand so much square feet, mm-hmm. and said it had thirty. But what you think? I, I think he's gonna find a way to wiggle out. He he's slippery. He's gonna find a way to get out of it somehow. They they gonna he gonna find a way a loophole. That's what I think. It, it, they ain't got him yet, so that's how I'm looking at it. Do they got him this time? You let me know, cause I feel like he he's 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 a slippery guy. He's a slippery guy right there. Well, I tell you one thing: he must not slip. And that uh, I wake up this morning and they're telling me there was a poll that came out. Mm-hmm. And the poll came out that Trump had fifty one percent, and Biden had forty eight percent. Now, what in the heck does that tell you? Where we at in the world? Was was they showing their true colors? That's this that's what they really feel? Because there's no way that he's fit to do anything. But you know, but I guess that's the president they want. The poll has it that forty eight percent is Biden and Trump fifty one percent. And and projections are that twenty two percent drop in favoritism favoritism of of African Americans. Now, come, do they have any idea? I'm gonna tell you why. A lot of people, a lot of our people, I'm just sad to say, they looking at the small picture and looking at stimulus packages and stuff like that. Oh, I, but Trump gave me stimulus, but they don't know what Trump helped. If he gave you a stimulus, what did he do for the, the you know the the big the big businesses and all them guys? You know what I mean? So 
you're thinking you're looking at the small picture. Yeah, he threw you a couple peanuts, but then you know they prospered and they 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 really got up and on 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 your back. So yeah, look at it. You know, look at the big picture. Sometimes you're just looking at the grass and not the seeds and the water underneath. You know what I mean? Gotta look at the big picture. <laughs> nah, I like that one. Yes, indeed. I like that one right Thank there. You, sir. No, I, I try. <laughs> I try. <laughs> that was a good one. Uh, look at the seeds. No, uh, it, and then just to add to it, though, I'm very serious about this. This is, this is very troublesome. The election is one year away, family. One year. One year away. And uh, truthfully, I, I, I think a lot of it is the fear of some folks that because he has a black woman who's the vice president. Mm-hmm. And, and and they want to throw that age up as if to say he's not going to be able to be here to make fulfill his next term. Right. Which means that um, the the the, the uh, she would take over. She would take over. Uh-huh. She would become and, the and that's and, the and, and, and that's the whisper campaign mm-hmm. that's going on. Okay, so that's why they trying to. Oh that. yeah, that's well, that, that age, that's and that's just to send signals. But we got to send a signal. Yes, we do. Our community, he he's within the scope of what he can do. He is doing it. Right. Come on now. He promised the Supreme Court justice. Did it. Promised to mix up uh, the, the, the cabinet. With, uh, he did. A secretary of defense. He promised. He, the, Biden has done as best he can do within the realms of what he can do as president. He needs a Congress that needs to confirm a lot of what he wants to get done. Mm-hmm. That Congress right now has Republicans. And this new guy who's the speaker, as far as I'm concerned, he's brought in, I think he could be worse than Kevin McCartney. Mm. Yeah, that's crazy. And so yeah, uh, worse than that. That's crazy. <laughs> and so no, no, no. And 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 then to say that thirteen, fourteen, fifteen percent of black men Yeah, that's crazy. Are favoring him? I'm talking oh, about Trump what? now. They know he don't stand for nothing that we, you know, we for nothing that you know is gonna help us so just understand that, yeah, he can really set you back and, and put you back in the in in good old days. You want to go back to the good old days? Go back to the good old days? The election is one year away, family. One year away. Let me uh, get, I, I got so much on the plate here, but I want to get uh, this gentleman up. He uh, did a text uh, on his birthday, and it was so strong. And I just, I was, man, I just wanted him to know that he was saying things that I'm, I'm talking about the one, the, no doubt about it, Mr. Bill Gooden. Brother, come on forth, please, the morning, to, and happy birthday, man. Bill? Thank you. Thank you, Larry. Thank you so very much, and uh, I, I appreciate this opportunity. But, Larry, I just really wanted to call and, uh, you know, thank the Boys Collegian School for allowing us to uh, host our Black Man Honors and thank everybody who came out to make it a, a, a very successful event. So I just wanted to call and uh, take this opportunity to thank, to thank everybody for that. And again, you know, this coming Tuesday, people, uh, we have a, a meet and greet at Let's Face uh, Restaurant from six to eight, and everybody is in, is uh, is invited to come and uh, participate in the conversation. But in reference to the text, you know, but just a reflection, you know, I just turned seventy-one, and sometimes, you know, you just have to reflect over your life and all the mistakes that you have made and everything else, and just be honest with yourself in terms of where you need to go. 
that's what that post was about. So I just appreciate you reading and I, I appreciate you responding to it. And I know that you don't have much time, but again, I just really wanted to call and thank everybody for coming out this Saturday and making the event a, a, a success. I'm just happy that uh, that 71 has been mar- met, met, but I want to thank you, brother. You would believe you me. I don't, if people want to really be honest, what you put in that text was powerful, man. It was a sermon. That it was a sermon. It was a sermon, and uh, I wish I had the opportunity to uh, get you to, if you feel comfortable, one day soon to to share it, because I think you were touching on what a lot of us were thinking and feeling, but didn't think enough to put it in writing like you did. Absolutely, I'd be more than happy to to do that one day, Larry. I appreciate it. Thank you, Bill. Thank you again. Happy birthday to you, man. Thank you so very much, good man. Thank you. Okay. All righty. Um, the uh, concerns that uh, we're going to be having a conversation with three strong leaders uh, that uh, are going to be representing the community of labor. And uh, people said, I, I got to be honest with you, yes, I, I wouldn't doubt it without Perrin and, and, and Clarence and, 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 and uh, some so strong folks. But the one entity once I got past the Mitchell support the one entity that was there for me from day one in 1970 uh, 74 was labor and so I really really have a and of course my godfather John Jeffries was as far as I was concerned he was Mr. Labor and uh, he uh, put into me the belief him Sterling Page and uh Troy Braley, labor has been a tremendous advocate and has been the champion of many causes. And we as a community have made it because of the strong support from labor. And so I want you to hear from three of these very fine folk. And then after that, I have a couple more items I want to bring to your attention, including, yes, the Senior Digest Fest, the Senior Fest that we're going to be planning. People have been talking with me yesterday. I picked up four people who said to me, man, I can't wait. Okay, well, you're going to have to, but hold tight. We're going to do a special, special this spring, a senior fest where we're going to bring all our seniors, as many as wants to come, and they're going to be giving information and programs, and it's going to be one-stop shop. And we're going to highlight and push. And this is being done with the good uh, seniors in action and others that are going to be joining us. We're going to be going out to the community and make this a one of the biggest events of 2024. You best believe it. But for right now, we're going to take a pause and we'll be right back. Stay tuned here on In Conversation with L.Y.
is Reality Radio. A hard reality to accept is that sometimes it's more difficult to do good than it is to just ignore a situation and not try to convince anyone that your intentions have no hidden motives. Disappointment, envy, self-hatred, and mistrust have been promoted to an extent that many no longer believe that good intentions exist. These instruments of doubt have been successfully used on the black community to ensure that unity does not endanger the status quo. Those folks who are living good, who have what they need to feel good, and circumstances that assist them in receiving good, have no reason to alter the state of affairs. They constantly remind us that living without good is normal, and we believe them. We act accordingly, killing each other and killing any opportunity which would facilitate change. But change is inevitable and is coming real soon. This is Reality Radio with Kathy Hughes. What's your reality? What's your reality? Good morning, good morning, good morning, family. Here in conversation with L.Y. And I am uh, very, very, very honored to have on board with us uh, three uh, strong, strong advocates for for labor. I, I, I name my godfather, John Jeffries, Mr. Labor. But if I, if you want to name, a, if, you, if there was a, a queen of the labor, then as far as I'm concerned, uh, barring no disrespect to nobody, but it is because of my years and years of knowing and working beside this woman. You talk about labor and who epitomizes what it means, then you got to give all props to Loretta Johnson. You just got to do it. And uh, then the, she's being joined by internet. And, and of course, uh, we have met most recently uh, in the last couple of months, our brother Courtney, and Jenkins, and so I was able, thanks to my sister, Nina Redman, was able to capture all three of them to give us some discussions about labor and the importance of it. And Dr. Johnson and Ms. Johnson and Courtney, good morning, good morning. How are you all doing? Good morning, Senator. How are you? Fine. And Good morning, Senator. How are you? Good morning. Courtney. Good morning, sir. Okay. All right. Well, uh, Courtney, you uh, you uh, had an opportunity to be in front of the National Action Network and uh, did a powerful job, by the way. Uh, I want uh, the, the family to know. And this young fellow, uh, he is definitely going to y'all Y'all take note now. Y'all take note. This is the movement of labor is in good hands, and uh, Sister Johnson, I, I know you know of, the, of his of this gentleman, and I, sh- I assume as much from Miss Ryan and that too. But uh, the question was, labor is it as important today as it was yesterday, Doctor Johnson? Yes, uh, labor is more important today. <laughs> Uh, we were building it in the early years. And now we have a force and we have a voice. 
Um, and we really have to get our membership out to vote and keep that voice loud. Uh, they helped make this country. It made the 40-week work week. Uh-huh. It made most of all the power that, that the workers have and people have came through labor. So labor is the most important issue right now for us to organize and to be out there in the community with the issues and working hard because, I mean, we're going backwards. Mm. We got a cult going on out here with Trump. And it's a fight. Labor vending fights and know how to organize. So we're an important key to keeping the democracy in this country. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. I was just sharing with with, uh, Eric and and, and listeners, the poll came out today that has Trump leading Biden, 51 to 48. The election's one year from now. And we've got to do what we got to do. And our community. Our people don't understand sometimes, I'll say, because we, we woke up when we put Biden in, and we have to keep the going. You know, media is very strong. Your voice is very strong in that community. And I don't want to take that away. I think it should be there. But what's going on now on social media where people just decide that lies are, are the truth, even when you prove it to him, lies still goes. I mean, this man, Trump, I mean, it don't matter whether you're black or white. With a character like that, you should not even be even running. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You said it. You, you can't even run. You shouldn't even, name should not even be considered with, with the character that's already been proven. But what we're working with, now people have to remember the Jones cult. This this man convinced people to kill not only themselves but their children. Yes, he did. And and that's what's going on with Trump. This cult, these people don't care. No matter what you say, no matter what you prove, no matter where it goes, they have decided that white supremacists and superior and and they don't care to fight the constitution any longer to tear the democracy down just to continue to be in power by skin color. It's horrible, but that's what it's all about. They can't tell you anything good. You interview them. You can't tell, they can't talk to you. They can't tell you anything he's done, except they like the way he carries himself. You know. What about uh, you, Anthony? You got a thought? We and you know we got to get out there, and uh, and I and labor's got to be a part of bringing this country back, since we built to help build it years ago. Okay, sis, you want to share your thoughts with us? Um, I good morning, everyone. I do concur with um um Dr. Johnson. Uh, labor has to be that voice. I'm the president of the City Union of Baltimore, and we represent employees in every agency in Baltimore City. And, uh, and the school system in here in Baltimore City. And we have to be a part of that voice, and we have to bring labor back. Labor, what I'm noticing in my bargaining unit, 
because we have a lot of younger people moving into becoming members, which is amazing. But we have to also have them to understand where labor stands. We have to understand, let, let them understand um, how important labor is, how important labor is to their jobs. You know, um, all too often some people will say, well, what is the union doing for me? The union, as Dr. Johnson said, got you your 40-day work week. You know, get you all of the things that you have. And it's, I stand on the, 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 the shoulders of Dr. Johnson. She was the former, she was the uh, creator of my union. So, you know, I'm one of those presidents that have followed her. I stand on her shoulders. But our membership, our union is as strong as our members. And our members have to be important and, and, and vocal into what's going on and come out and stand with us as a union. It's not my union. It's our union. So um, I agree with everything that Dr. Johnson has said. We have to move labor forward and let people know that labor is not dead. Labor is here and strong, and we, are, we will stand that way. Amen. Brother Courtney, good morning. Good morning, sir. Thanks again for having us on the show today. I'll say that labor is back, and every statistic will show you that whether there's a union or workplace, um, the chances of civic participation from the working people that make up that workplace exponentially increases. And that's, you know, because of the more egalitarian principles that our unions promote, where everyone's voice is, voice matters. Everyone has a say in what's happening. So about 58% of union members say that they've been engaged in politics at work by coworkers. And we see this when we put our political and electoral plans together, where we look for people that will help stoke these workplaces to show up to the polls, to canvas, to phone bank. Um, and it's a really driving force behind the success or defeat of any candidate, especially in our area. But, you know, again, because of the work that Dr. Johnson has done, the uh, President Ryan Johnson has done, you know, I'm able to stand here and say that we can mobilize. We can turn the tide and shift the dynamics of power, whether that be in the workplace or at the ballot box. And just making sure that we have a consistent message that lets working people know who the right candidates are for them. And we have seen that we've seen the most pro-union president, at least in my lifetime, in the few generations, and President Joe Biden, take steps and initiatives that reverse a lot of the damage that was done by the previous administration, but also set us up for a future work, where workers can participate in just transitions, whether that be through clean energy, um, the prevalence of technology in the workplace, or just safety and health at work, as we saw in the heels of the COVID-19 pandemic. But I think because of the pandemic, many workers started to realize that there was a lack of democracy in the workplace, and the best way to address that, again, whether at work or at the ballot box, was forming and participating and joining in their union. Wow. What's this strong commitment that you hold, uh, Dr. Johnson, for the A. Philip Randolph Institute? What brought that about? I didn't hear you, Larry. Say it again. I was asking, you have a strong commitment to the A. Philip Randolph Institute. What brought that about? Uh, A. Philip Randolph Institute is an educational group that goes out and register voters, and we get out to vote, and we work in the community on issues uh, that support community problems. Um, the A. Philip Randolph has been around for uh, all my life here in Baltimore, and um, uh, it's been working um, in Baltimore City, registering voters. We now are in a coalition with NAM and NAACP, um, all of the organizations that um, come from the community, um, and we're going to be out there getting that vote out. You know, 
what what Courtney just said about the ballot box is so important, but it's a one-on-one job here. We have to talk to our people, our families. You'd be surprised how many people in your family don't vote. Hmm. <laughs> you, if, uh, when you when you start that conversation and um, oh well, my vote don't mean nothing. Yes, it does. Right now, um, our vote, every vote means something. And you know, we used to say every year, and and in our young days, Larry, you and I knocking on doors. That's <laughs> that's what you got to do this time. That's right. You got to knock on them doors. It ain't no just dropping the flyers off and people going to vote. You've got to knock on doors and talk to these folks. And you got to talk their language. You're not there to t- make them somebody. You're there to tell them and educate them and make sure. And that's what the A. Philip Randolph do. We educate them as to who's running. We don't tell them how to vote. We're nonpartisan. But if you give people the right information, they'll vote right. I like that. That's for sure. What's the difference, uh, Sister Johnson, on the issue of the city's union versus AFSCME? What's the difference? Or is there? um, We represent different employees in the city of Baltimore. So my members uh, are, are pretty much supervisors of the employees of AFSCME. So let's say you have a laborer, which would be under AFSCME. Uh, the supervisor of that laborer would fall under the City Union of Baltimore. Okay. So that's the difference in the two locals. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Uh, well, Brother Courtney, are we? Uh, what's the process for getting endorsements going to be uh, as we get ready to go into the final year? Elections coming up. Thank you for asking, sir. We consider everything we do from the bottom up. We're a bottom-up organization, so everything is grassroots. So what we do is we sit down with the candidates, and we ask them questions, and we really ask them what they plan to do or how they plan to work for working people. It's more than just checking a box or responding the right way to a question. It's really getting a feel for where they are now and where they plan to take their district or the city or any other part of the city that they may represent. Um, It's really... It's one of those in-depth processes where, again, we like to get as much time in front of the leadership of our unions and the rank-and-file membership that make them up because we know that each of our workers that we represent live in a district, live in a neighborhood, live on a street, have an address, right? So we don't separate the community from the labor in that sense. But they come before us, you know, in front of our leadership and our committee, and then we make a, a, a well-informed decision about who we want to support based on the thing that they've done but also the things they plan to do. So, you know, it's not an empty endorsement. We definitely turn our folks, and as Dr. Johnson was saying, like, we're on those doors. We can mobilize, and that's a really powerful part of what we do at the Labor Council. And it's very important. I enjoy knocking on doors in many of the different neighborhoods where we have endorsement or endorsed candidates, and it's just good to get the feedback from them as well. But, of course, we do our research. Again, we sit down and we talk with folks, and we deliberate, and then we make that decision on, on behalf of the working families, the best decision that we can possibly make to support their causes and advance the causes and the policies and the priorities of working people across Baltimore. Well, I just want to say that on behalf of uh, those out of the community, thank you for your voices and your commitment uh, of service. And uh, to the extent that I can always be 
uh, venue that you can come to and get the labor view presented, I'm here for you because you've been there for us. Thank, thank you so very much. You want a closing statement, Dr. Johnson? Ms. Johnson, no recording. You use that, and then I'm going to press forward. Dr. Johnson, you can have a closing statement. Well, Larry, I appreciate you um, allowing me to speak. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm the host on this phone call. I'm the retired one. But I'm not retired from what I've been doing in terms of getting vote out and voter education. Uh, you got the young labor leaders in Antoinette and um, Courtney, um, and they just have to follow through and continue the effort. And you, I have to commend for the voice that you've had over the last 50 years on the radio for us to actually come out and, and bring the issue forward. You continue to be a voice and knowledge for our people in Baltimore. So thank you so much for having me on. Anytime, anytime. By the way, y'all, she she knows sports too, but she won't. Put, I won't use it today to do that. <laughs> but <laughs> me and the coach would get into the discussions, yeah. and I would have. I, I get People. stuck. I get stuck. So I call Doctor Johnson. I said, Doctor Johnson, what you think? And she tell me, and nine out of ten times. I would win. <laughs> well, listen, thank you so very much. If there's an issue or concern that troubles right. you, it will trouble us. Bring it to us. Thank you. Thank you. Annette, thank you. Courtney, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What a, what a, what a crew. Uh, my brother's back. I found out that uh, he had been texting me, but... As I was saying, that uh, Eric is going to help me turn it around and solve two or three other little things. So, I, but my phone is going to be worked up and fixed. But uh, he's on board, and uh, his family is. Uh... But Mark, how are you doing, good brother? Hey man, I'm hanging in there, man. Good morning, good morning, Big E. Good morning, Ly. Good morning, uh, WOLB family. Uh, yeah, man, my my sister-in-law. We just uh, came from. Buying her, her home going was Friday, and uh, you know just just pray for our family, man. You know, um, Cannon family, the Parker family. We out here in Cherry Hill now. Uh, you know, we just came back from Burnham and out here with the family and stuff like that. But let me tell you, man, um, we 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 got to vote, man. We 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 got to vote. You know, I was listening to you guys. Um, it's not brain surgery or nothing like that. We got to we got to use our power. We got to use the power that we have. Um, that Donald Trump, millions of, of, of naive uh, white and mostly white people uh, are going to vote for him. The Hispanics, they really don't have any reason to vote for him at all. I remember when he was um, in Puerto Rico when three thousand people died when they had that 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 catastrophe there. And he was there throwing um, uh, paper towels. He was criticizing the mayor and stuff like that. So they really don't have any excuse. Anytime you have a man with his sister in 2020 and his niece, who's a psychologist, came out and said, his sister said he's the most dangerous man on the planet. He shouldn't be president. And his niece uh, uh, wrote a book, and both of them wrote a book. So, you know, you can make all the arguments you can, you know, if, if people that's, that's for him. And his secretary of state before he quit, a real billionaire, called him an effing moron, never took it back. 
and his chief of staff before he quit called him an idiot. I've never heard that. And any president, you know, and I know you was in politics 23 years. Have you ever heard a president called the idiot and a moron by a secretary of state and his chief of staff? Absolutely not. No, but they were right. They were absolutely, absolutely. right. They were, they were absolutely right. Uh, I got two callers, but did you want something? No, no, no. Okay, very good. Okay. How you doing, Mark? How you doing? Uh, let's go over here. Hey, what's up, Biggie? Let me get Brother Bubby on the line. He, he's been patient. Not... Yes, sir. Good morning, yes, sir. sir. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking my call. I'm going to be brief. But, but Senator and Mark, as you know, I'm is a union man, true blue and blue. Yes, sir. Now, this, this not, yes, sir. This not, this, this not right that union officials can come on and make it seem like it's so copacetic for the city. We're catching hell. Larry and Mark, let me tell you something. I went back to the city October the 2nd. I'm thinking about getting out of here already. It is terrible here. We have no representation from Ask Me Council 67. Thank you much for taking my call. Whoa. Don't forget Brother Eric, Bobby. I haven't talked to you a couple of times. But yeah, on that note, <laughs> he is a little hot. Okay. Yeah. I... I, it's it's um, I stay as close as the people who are in position will let me know what's going on and my neighbor friends. Somebody needs to sit down with this brother because mm-hmm. I mean he 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 is a fighter. Uh, I tried to get him running for office, but I guess that's not his card. But he's a voice, unbought, unbossed. And always, always helping his 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 coworkers. Yeah. Uh, always. Yep. I mean, I can't remember a, a time that he don't talk about himself. He always talks about what he can do to help others. That's right. Yeah. You know. And I gotta say this, Larry, uh, real quick. B. E. That brother, Bubby, man, he could have packed it in. He had two sons murdered. In Sandtown, two oh. sons murdered in Sandtown. Yes, he had two sons murdered. Now, I take my hat off to anybody because um, we got a lot of people, actionists, not activists. Anybody can call themselves that actionists out here. I just made a word up, Larry, that um, <laughs> are really, you know, that have lost children. Dr. Humphrey, son was murdered, you know, and stuff like that. And they out here on this battlefield, man. Wow, you know, at some point, I'm, I think I, I think at one point he did share with me about the the, the two sons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, two young, young. I think one was twenty five. Young, mm-hmm. young, mm-hmm. yeah. I um, the next time I talk to uh, some folks about the labor, I'm gonna ask what what is it that they someone won't bring this guy in he's not about asking for himself he's always asking an advocate being an advocate for others I respect the heck out of him also uh, let me bring you up to date Maryland Mm -hmm. officials are slated to consider a $235,000 payment to settle litigation over how the state medical examiner's office handled an autopsy for Anton Black who uh, died in 2018 after being restrained by police on the Eastern Shore. 
This is one of the NAN issues, among many, many, many others. If carried out, the settlement described in the agenda for the State Board of Public Works would resolve all claims against Maryland officials in a federal lawsuit alleging authorities violated the 19-year-old's civil rights in events that led up to an investigation that followed blacks in custody death. The agenda for the uh, board's November 8th meeting says the state's office of chief medical examiner and the office of attorney general are proposing a $100,000 payment to Blacks state and 135,000 for legal fees to the coalition for justice for Anton Black to settle the remaining claims against the pathologists who the lawsuit says were improperly influenced by police while investigating Black's death. The number of defendants uh, included officers who chased Black through Greensboro, pinned him down soon after his de- before his death on September 15th, and settled last year with Black's family for $5 million, leaving only the claims against the medical examiner's office. That settlement also required three insure municipalities to overhaul their use of force policies. Wow. Well, hey, that was uh, one of the tragic, among many tragic situations. But uh, the family is uh, getting ready to go full circle. Next week, we'll be talking about Medicare open enrollment and need not uh, be a drag. So we'll talk about that. We'll also be talking to you about uh, what happens after a mass shooting. I'm going to put that on the agenda to be talked to you about. And uh, there might be a situation where Mark and Eric will have to be in. I've been invited to uh, do a little lecture, and I think I'm okay. accepted, but it's on a Monday. So if that happens. All right, that's cool. If, uh, that's if, cool. We hold you down. You know we're going to hold you down. <laughs> well, you're holding me down, but uh, Sean is giving me the sign. It's the big, big <laughs> sign. And the sign says, don't forget Miss Maybell, like I can never yeah. forget. <laughs> well, coming you know, up you know us and Sean going to hold you down. <laughs> Thank you very much. In the meantime, have a great week, won't you? And all things being good and equal. And be listening soon. We're going to be putting things together real fast here. So you should stay tuned so you know what's going on. Coming behind me mm. is the one and only. With a street named after. Looking good. And spotless, <laughs> Miss Maybell. Good morning, family. The new 1010 W O L B with talk in the day and soul at night.